The name's Bond. James Bond. Hello, welcome to Bond and Beyond. Bond and Beyond has returned with Kyle Lira and Peter Martinez. Peter, how are you? Hola, senor. Uh, he's using his hair as a mustache, and he's a character I have no idea which. Um, although I must say that a, that a full mustache uh, will definitely work on you if you decide to grow on one. I'm incapable. Um, but yeah, it's been a hot minute since we did this, uh, this podcast. It, uh, unfortunate How are things going out there? <laughs> yeah, how are things going? It feels like this is a, uh, Blofeld's mastermind, you know, it feels like this is just like something out of a Bond movie. Somebody spread a, a virus around and this is the... This is the uh, repercussions of that. Uh, if you have been living under a rock, you obviously know that the coronavirus is happening right now. It's it's hot, it's fresh, and it's, uh, it's sweeping the nation, or internationally. It's so, so hot right now. It is like the rage. Uh, so... We haven't done this uh, show in a while because uh, No Time to Die was postponed until the end of the year. And I'm putting in heavy quotations, end of the year, because uh, some news reports are like saying that it's probably going to be in 2021. We have no idea. Uh, but for right now, the release date is going to be in November. We'll see how that goes. Uh, but yeah. We're going to dive right back into what we did. We left off on uh, Diamonds Are Forever and Live and Let Die. And we're going to go into The Man with the Golden Gun and uh, The Spy Who Loved Me. And then uh, we're going to continue doing in this format, the the two movies per episode, um, until we get to Die Another Day. Um, in which it's going to be World is Not Enough and then Die Another Day. And then the next episode, we're going to treat the Craig films individually. Um, that, cause again, that the, the whole reason why this podcast exists is to, is to say goodbye to Mr. Craig. We as, weren't uh, supposed as, to treat any Bond, um, special, but you know, Kyle had to go and play favorites. I'll make I'll make a, an exception to that rule, uh, but I, I think it's more it's going to be more interesting because I think like because we grew up with this Bond more. I mean, he's been Bond more in our lives than Pierce Brosnan was. I know you were born in '96 and I was born in '95, so we weren't really around. Or like old enough to acknowledge Brosnan as uh, I never as, watched them at the time. I know, but like uh, our bond wasn't necessarily Brosnan. It was more, it was more Craig. So we're gonna delve that individually, and I think that'll be more um, interesting because it's like the the bond that I grew up with and all that stuff. So we're gonna just uh, we're gonna do that. Uh, <laughs> There's some uh, Bond news that happened before uh, before we get into the whole thing. First of all, uh, a few weeks ago on our 
Blackman unfortunately passed away um, to natural causes. Fortunately, not to the to the virus. Um, Who Alexis? I, no, Honor Blackman, uh, oh. uh, aka Pussy Galore from uh, Goldfinger. Mm-hmm. Um, rest in peace. She she was she was a legend. She she always talked about like the heyday and and her just just owning them boys during the production. I even though her character was never mind. I'm not going to get into that, but she she was good. She was she's probably one of the most iconic Bond women out there, I think. So, yeah, any thoughts on <laughs> on Honor Blackman? Um Rip Rip Can we get a Rip in chat? <laughs> Uh, so yeah uh, we would have already seen No Time to Die already <laughs> yeah but uh, yeah I it, 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 I don't know my April plans have been ruined <laughs> my life plans have been ruined so here we are well yeah I mean, a lot of plans have been ruined. Haircuts have been ruined, <laughs> but we won't. We will. Uh, we won't dive into that. But instead, we're going to dive into the man with the golden gun, uh, directed by Guy Hamilton. Peter, I hope you have your letterbox ready. <laughs> um, I don't, but let me get it ready. Okay. I knew there was a reason I had it up here. Okay, the man with the silver gun it doesn't exist that's the parody <laughs> okay the man with the golden gun is ready Here we to go. assassinate james bond not that catchy cool government operative james bond searches for a stolen invention that can turn the sun's heat into a destructive weapon he soon crosses paths with the menacing francisco scaramanga a hitman so skilled he has a seven-figure working fee. Bond then joins forces with the swimsuit-clad Mary Goodnight, and together they track Scaramanga to a tropical isle hideout where the killer for hire lures the slick spy into a deadly maze for a final duel. There, that's that's the movie. <laughs> Brought to you by Letterboxd. Uh. So, initial reaction, or not initial reaction, but just, like, your overall feelings for the film uh, before we dive into your notes and and springboard from there. Um, my overall feelings... How do I put this? It's not one of my favorites. Um, it had a lot of elements that, on their own... Um, I liked, uh-huh, but it never as like a whole mm, just kind of as a as a whole, it just never came together for me. It never focused on the interesting aspects enough for me to really love it, and there was too many interesting aspects for me to hate it. 
so it's one of the middling ones for me currently. Okay. All right. Um, it is probably on my lesser end of the spectrum mm-hmm. of the of the Bond films. Um, there are still entertaining things in it, which we'll get to in a bit. I'm pretty sure. Um, but overall, uh, first of all, I don't feel like this is Roger Moore's Bond. I feel like this is him living under the shadow of Sean Connery still. Well, this was his first one, wasn't it? No, it's the second one. Oh, okay. I forgot. It's the second one, but still, you know, you're still living under the shadow of what came before and everything like that. And I I I I don't feel like he comes into his own uh Roger Moore until we get to the next film. I <laughs> I don't know. Like there are like moments where it's like intriguing. Um, Christopher Lee is really good. I think as a as a Bond villain, um, he has m- more deeper ties to James Bond than you think, uh, which we'll get to in a bit. Over uh, over under, probably it's in the teens. If I were to like pinpoint where it would be in the rankings, like the lower end of the teens. Mm-hmm. Lower end of the teens. Yeah. Because, like, you go from 1 to 24 of, like, the rankings, and 1 is, like, the best, 24th is the worst. I would put it in the more rankings of, like, the bottom tier, like, oh, the bottom teens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would agree. Yeah, I mean, I'm not in love with it. It's very... It's... It's very scatterbrained, I feel, as a film. Uh huh. There's just kind of a lot thrown at the wall, and they don't really know what to do with it. Well, the source material is very scatterbrained as well, and it, it's just, it, it, it's sloppy and not in a good old fashioned James Bond way. It's just, it's just there. So, yeah. Let's begin with your notes. Uh, first thing you noted. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> the first thing I noted. Uh, three nipples? Uh, three nipples, yeah. Let, okay, let's talk about that. That's a, that's a, it's a quirk. These villains, they seem to have, like, different quirks about them. One loves this, gold. This isn't even a quirk. He just <laughs> has three one nipples. Has, one has an eye patch. One has three nipples. <laughs> But then they try to, like, I haven't gotten there yet, but, like, they they try to work it into the story later on, and not to the best effect. Like, James Bond puts on a fake third nipple to disguise himself as Scaramanga. Like, I don't know. It's just really weird, but it's, it's, I don't know. Almost like, why do they put it in there? Why is why it even is it here? There? Yeah, yeah. It it it's completely bizarre. It's out of left field, but it it's it's something. <laughs> uh, yeah. What what next do you have? Um, tattoo. The plane. The plane. You don't know who tattoo is. No, enlighten me. Again, I haven't seen it in the longest of times. Have you heard of the show 
Fantasy Island. Sea Island. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Knickknack. Knickknack. Yeah. Uh, Herb via via Chess. Mm-hmm. Okay. He, I think I butchered his name. He became famous for being on that show, Fantasy Island, and he was wasn't named that sh- tattoo. Wasn't there? Uh, uh, wasn't he co-starred along with Ricardo Montalban? Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah, I do. Okay, I didn't know his name was Tattoo. I never watched Fantasy Island. I watched Gilligan's Literally, Island. <laughs> everyone knows him as Tattoo, if they even know him. I well, excuse me. I know him as Knickknack <laughs> from Man with the Golden Gun. <laughs> um, he he's a very spunky henchman. I think he does a lot. <laughs> Probably, honestly, probably in my top five. Oh, as far as henchmen? Def- henchmen definitely unique henchmen. Um, yeah. My next two notes were, and now it's a haunted house, followed yes. by, what is this movie? Because um, <laughs> the movie literally just starts with... Um, fucking Saruman with his th- <laughs> with his third nipple you're just gonna call him Saruman <laughs> that's his that's the whole thing. okay the man with the golden gun with his th- no I don't mind okay. I don't mind you calling him Saruman with his third nipple and his right hand man tattoo at which point they bring someone to kill him as they go through this big ass maze weird haunted house maze I guess and it's just like for the first five minutes I'm like okay what is this what is this movie what is it doing what is it trying to be (laughs) I don't get what's going on here Um, these aren't the vibes man at the very least Um, it's somewhat entertaining because you're just like what the fuck from what Um, I gather or what I guess is that it's pretty much a training thing for Scaramanga just to keep his his, uh, skills sharp, I guess. And I guess my thing is bitch, if you just keep doing the same course and like, it's you're you're not keeping your skills sharp, you're cheating. Because Mm. it's it's like a it's a course this like madhouse that you yourself have created and you've tested over and over and over again. So you have like this crazy home field advantage of knowing everything that goes on within that thing. Plus you have all these like jump scares that make them like empty out their gun before they can even get to you. Like uh, (laughs) as like a testing facility, it's crap. It, It doesn't make you better. Um, but then it made sense when they revealed that the motherfucker was from the circus. So it's like, okay. <laughs> circus performer turned hitman extraordinaire. Um, in the book, it delves into it a little bit uh, more. Um, he was a former KGB agent. Um, oh, that, they mentioned that. That hid in the circus and like lived his life in there. 
uh, under witness protection program uh, for that agency. And after that, he came out and reinvented himself and changed his name and everything like that. His name is uh, his name is Fran Pistols Scaramanga. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> The the look, <laughs> the look. It uh, on a, it, I don't think you can convince me that Ian Fleming was a good writer. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Um, speaking of writing and everything like that, uh, uh, this was the last James Bond book to be published, and it was kind of hastily put together because he died eight months before this book was supposed to be like finalized and and finished and re-edited and and all that stuff um so the book wasn't finalized they just took like the bits of notes that he had for this book Mm. and and copy and pasted it and and released it posthumously so you have that it Everybody was like, this movie, this not movie, this book is sloppy. Uh, the the movie, not the movie. So I want to, I want to keep on saying the movie because <laughs> um, it's just a habit. The book is, it starts off from Bond getting back from defeating Blofeld for the last time and you only live twice and he comes back from japan um kind of kind of hurt because he got a concussion um and he tried to kill m in the beginning and it because he has like amnesia and he doesn't know who he is and then they quote unquote cure him to put him back on the service to go after scaramanga and you have all that stuff and you know he plays a little game with bond on the train on a train instead of like the training facility mm-hmm. and at the end of the uh the novel he says maybe i'll give mary goodnight a try but i'll probably just get bored with her <laughs> and that was the book man with the golden gun <laughs> fascinating um so it's so it's vastly different from what we got in this there's no continuity with anything from the previous stories or anything like that it's just saruman (laughs) uh with uh with knickknack and he he's going after roger moore yeah he just doesn't like him or he's testing himself or whatever. Something like that. Um, what's what do you have next? Um this one was weird. Uh I wrote so she turned a bullet that killed her boyfriend into a belly ring. Oh yeah, the belly dancer. Yeah. Yeah, she turned why? we again they're trying to be like quirky and have like these different how is that quirk (laughs) so like someone comes shoots up your boyfriend you take the bullet that killed your boyfriend 
and then turn it into a belly ring. Yeah. <laughs> now you see, now you're starting to see why it's on the lesser end of. But I guess what I think is they treat it like it's a normal. Like she's like, yeah, it's my, it's my, it's my newest accessory from, from Forever Twenty One. <laughs> like I guess they wanted to again Bond be with the girl in a sexy way, so it's like, oh, he's kissing her belly, but really he's trying to, you know, get out the bullet or something like that. But it's, it's just fucking weird. <laughs> Well, first of all, that whole scene inside her dressing room is shot bizarrely. The film doesn't necessarily look good. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's still like for me. It has like that old school seventies TV quality. Yeah, kind of. Uh, the does. way that they sh- uh huh that they shot this. I mean, it isn't until the next movie where I think that it looks cinematic. <laughs> but like the but like the guy Hamilton movies uh Bond movies never particularly looked interesting. Uh yeah, I think that's what hurt this film too. If if like all the shit I'm looking at looked really cool. Maybe, but not really. It seemed very standard. But it feels yeah, it feels like a TV episode really more than anything. And I <sighs> Well, that may be a hip and all that stuff for the times. I mean, there's a reason why, like, Thunderball, Goldfinger, Dr. No, uh, from Russia with Love, there's a reason why those earlier films uh, stood out is because they filmed it cinematically. They didn't film it, like, to... And, and again, like, this is, like, where Bond starts becoming really weird and and wonky because they start following modern trends, like the way they film, the way... Yeah, but that's the thing. I think some of those, some of that wonkiness really works, and some of it doesn't. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, and I think it just comes down to execution, really. I Like, I mm-hmm. think you could probably apply fucking anything to a Bond film, and you would make it work, but it all comes down to the execution. Um... Oh, and then right after this, my my note was, so this nipple thing is going to be a big plot point, I guess? Question mark. Yeah, because that's when Bond's like, I know, I'll sneak in having a fake third nipple. And it's like, uh. oh, but these two next points are exactly what we're talking about. I wrote sumo fight, and then I'm assuming Enter the Dragon had recently come out. Yeah. Yeah, that's where they that's where they're really following cuz like the last uh movie was very black exploitation themed mm-hmm. and everything like that and now we're getting to like the martial arts uh films that are like huge and big at the time and uh, like the kung fu samurai just like all those different movies are like making a huge staple in Hollywood mm-hmm. so that was pretty much where like we gotta have that. We gotta have an action scene where uh, there's like karate and yeah, we and need karate. swords. Which is and so that's which is this is my issue, right? So you have some of the other films, which I don't think we've gotten to yet. So I'll, I'll save off my opinion on those that 
there's just such a lot of random wacky shit just thrown at the film but i think it works because it's they go they at least go all the way wacky and have fun with it and so it's entertaining and then there's other films that like they're still wacky but they hold back a little bit but they they're sort of doing uh, a theme of the week type thing like with mm-hmm. the black exploitation or like this is the underwater one this is the Japanese one um, although they to quote George Lucas go a little too far in a few places in, in the live and let die uh, or no is that one live and let die no which one the Japanese one you only live you twice. only live twice there you go um but yeah like and it's f- cool because they're kind of executing that thing the whole way through with this one they th- threw a lot of different wacky stuff at it but none of it was fun enough i feel to where it just kind of as a whole came together and was interesting to warrant that kind of uh, action Mm -hmm. and everything i get it i get it and and again okay oh also another thing of note did q make a prosthetic nipple (laughs) apparently i'm sure you got you gotta spit out acid or something yeah you got a picture like desmond llewellyn just like with the micros you know microscope just like i'm making a prosthetic nipple that will match the exact details damn it bond stop losing my nipples i've only made so many um (laughs) i told you to bring that nipple back in one piece (laughs) uh because like saruman is great but i feel like they never do enough with him tattoo is fun but i feel like they never do enough with him although they do the closest to really going there with it is him uh like for the the fact that like oh he's from the circus why doesn't he have like a fucking whole henchman like a whole like circus circus henchman type thing and it's kind of weird they don't delve into like circus and all that Mm -hmm. stuff i mean this movie should be the movie that you should like delve into circuses and all that stuff and i think that would have been very interesting but no it's actually octopusy that deals with circuses okay yeah um yeah that makes no sense to me like you you should have had like uh i don't know like those uh contortionists uh, yeah, and they just could have, have them some interesting a fight with scene that. with Vaughn. Like, it, it's like there's kernels of like this could be fun. You just need to turn it up a little bit more. Like uh, turn up the notch. Yeah, like the whole karate stuff. Uh, fun if you went a little bit more with it, but it's just kind of like a one throwaway scene type shit. Where it's like, ah, karate's hot right now. Th- throwing yeah, and that. Like the, the karate twins that, w- that joined Bond and all that stuff. And then in the middle of the of a, of an action scene, you have Sergeant, uh, Sergeant K.W. Pepper. That is my next <laughs> note. I wrote, oh, the sheriff is back. The sheriff is indeed back. And the reason why he's back, he wasn't part of the script originally, but Guy Hamilton was like, uh, when he was going over the script, he was like, where's uh, Sheriff J.W. Pepper? 
and he, they were like, he isn't, he isn't in this movie. And he's like, well, God damn it, I want him in. <laughs> and so they put him in last minute. <laughs> yeah. And? My, like, literally, my next two notes were, why is the sheriff still here? And then it has, it yet again became Dukes of Hazard, Just fucking randomly. It's <laughs> yeah. And then you have the, the, wait, no. Mm-hmm. No. Which movie am I thinking of? Because like there's a moment where like the car does like a flip and then you hear a slide whistle. It's not this one. It's the spy who loved me. Mm-hmm. This is where they're in the boats. Okay. When he's okay. on, the sheriff is on vacation. Okay. All right. I was thinking of like when, Wait, when that happened. One? I don't remember. God. Okay. Okay. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Car flip. James Bond whistle. Let's see. Let's see what movie is it. It is the man with the golden gun. Okay. It is? Okay. It, oh, that Yeah, the card jump. Uh, and yeah, it, it's so bizarre and it's so weird. It is the 70s uh, uh, schlock that you they would come to love. Um, I I don't know. And also there, there was this big old stink because uh, Roger Moore was like one of the big faces for UNICEF. And... Uh, there, there's a moment in the movie where he pushes a child off the off a boat. <laughs> oh, there, that was like a big. Really, was that like a controversy? <laughs> yeah, that was kind of like a little bit of a controversy and all that stuff. Um, speaking of controversy and controversial things, um, this is the first and only time you see Roger Moore's James Bond slap a woman. Oh, I didn't even write it down, so I must have missed it completely. When does he slap her? Yeah, he slaps slaps uh, Scaramanga's girlfriend, Maud Adams, and uh, like he's trying to like interrogate what's going on with you know Scaramanga, who is he, and all that. Just trying to like you know get the pieces together to figure out who the villain is. Um, and you know, first of all, he 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 watches her naked he watches her naked uh-huh. as you know james bond does uh and he takes her into the room and with uh you know wearing nothing but a robe slaps her to try to get the information and this is the part where i feel like they're trying to go a little bit like sean connery where they're like oh the big brute you know will you know slap anybody to get you know the get the answers and everything like that like a more brute force like what sean connery was before uh but i i just don't feel like it works i mean it doesn't work period because like you know you're you're hitting a woman and i don't think that's i don't think that's okay (laughs) but it is just like it it just doesn't fit that bond yeah i don't even I guess I did miss that completely because I didn't write it down. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I don't I think Roger Moore is he's obviously a more light bond. Yeah. Uh, 
Also, he said that he doesn't, he, when he filmed that, he has gone on record saying that I wasn't comfortable with the scene to begin with. Um, also, it's kind of, it, it's kind of sad too, because I, I mentioned it before to you, but Roger Moore is a victim of domestic abuse. Mm-hmm. Or was a, a a a victim, so it was. It's kind of, it's kind of sad that uh, that they made him go through that. Um, but yeah, what's next on your notes? <laughs> Not much. Um, I wrote Saruman is obviously great because yeah. it's just not nearly enough, and they don't do enough with him. Um, you know. Uh, Christopher Lee is obviously amazing, so a little can go a long way with him, but I think a lot... Good, Mr. Bond. Twice the pride, double the fool. A lot can uh, go even longer. There, There's a little bit of a Bond uh, uh, connection with, uh, with Christopher Lee. He, Christopher Lee is Ian Fleming's second cousin. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's pretty closely related. You're pretty close, yeah. It, okay, the thing is about Christopher Lee is that this man has lived a life. First of all, he fought Nazis uh, with the with the French Armada uh, in World War Two. He he witnessed the last public execution in France, which I think is like kind of historically important. Just witnessing. So like the last of something mm-hmm. uh, big like that, and so he witnessed the last public execution. Um, he is a death metal singer, <laughs> which is freaking awesome. He played a Lord of the Rings villain. He was a Bond villain. He's a Star Wars villain. Uh, it, uh, Needless to say, I think that the oh, also he's a horror icon because he played Dracula. I, I, the no words can describe how much of a life. Like if somebody said, name somebody who's lived a life, and I'll be like Christopher Lee. Christopher <laughs> Lee has lived a life. And I think I think he he definitely lived a life because of all these like events and crazy shit that he also he was de- he was a devoted husband to his uh, to his wife and a- adoring father to his to his children and I think that's a, a merit uh, all in itself too. Uh, yeah, he's a pretty cool cat, cool cat and kitten. <laughs> um. Yeah, the only there's not much else to say. I just wrote, and I already said this before. The villain does realize creating a maze he's practiced in many times isn't a fair fight. And uh, poor tattoo, because I thought Bond had killed tattoo, but he just strung him up. Strung him up on a uh, on the mast of a ship. Yeah. Um. Overall, this is it's one of the to me it's the dis- one of the disposable bonds. Which sucks, because uh-huh. there was a lot of elements there that theoretically, if you had told me, I'd go like, I don't know, this sounds awesome. Um, but it just never came together in the right way, in the way it should have. So it just kind of ends up being whatever. whatever. <laughs> yeah. 
it, it's, it, it's certainly something. Um, it's not, to me, it's not the worst of the Bond films. Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm slowly trying to rewatch all these movies to see where I rank them when we do our eventual ranking list. Uh, you and, own enough copies. Yeah. Um, it, it's really interesting. Like a movie that I had really below recently went up a couple of notches, not a couple, a few notches, uh, due to be like, you know, that was a pretty fun movie. But then I, I don't know. Man with the golden gun. It's going to be interesting to see where I put this one. Um, and I saw your first, your top two on your, uh, <laughs> your list. You sent me your thing. Uh, and I was like, like, secrets, secrets. And I, I know, but I was, uh, not to reveal any details, but I was completely shocked of what was your number two. I was, well, not shocked, but I was just like, well, surprise, surprise, surprise. I should have known. <laughs> and it was, it, it's definitely, uh, we'll get to that when we get to that. Um, so yeah, man with the golden gun. I don't have anything else to say. Oh, uh, uh, that's a, it's a really cool prop. One of the one of my favorite props in a movie is the golden gun itself, because I think it's cool that you get all these like inanimate like objects, like a match, a cufflink, and and a pen, mm-hmm. and turn it into a uh, turn it into a gun, like an actual working gun. I think that's pretty cool. Just like the way that the mechanics work behind that. Um, yeah, I don't have nothing else to say about Man with the Golden Gun. I think we've said all we had to. So, do you want to get into The Spy Who Loved Me? Oh, by the oh, speaking of which, what do you think about the Bond song? About the theme song for Man with the Golden Gun? I wrote by Lulu. nothing about it, so I must not have thought much of it. <laughs> okay next movie we're getting into the spy who loved me hold on oh he's getting his letterbox ready yes 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 and you get ready too because he's gonna narrate the living shit out of it Mm -hmm. no he's gonna narrate the living daylights out of it it's the biggest it's the best it's bond and beyond I'm telling you, they're getting really uncreative with these taglines. Uncreative? Uncreative, sorry. Uh, Russian and British submarines with nuclear missiles on board both vanish from sight without a trace. England and Russia both blame each other as James Bond tries to solve the riddle of the disappearing ships. The KGB also has an agent on the case. Okay. Um, It seems like a lot of people like this one. Is that correct? And I really like this one, too. <laughs> okay. Um, I think I like it even less than The Man with the Golden Gun. <laughs> okay, okay, we'll get into it when we get into it. I, I really like this one. I okay. think this one, I, I think Roger Moore really comes to his own uh, in this movie. I think him and Barbara Brock, uh, Barbara Brock, <laughs> Barbara Bach, mm-hmm. or or should I say Mrs. Ringo Starr? Um, no. <laughs> she she she's married to a beetle. Uh, 
I I think their dynamic is really good. I think that in terms of, like their dynamic, I think that this is the good best one of the best Bond Bond girl relationships mm-hmm. in a in a Bond movie because it's like there, there's like different complex storytelling going on behind it. Um, spoilers for the theme song episode that we will do. Mm-hmm. Nobody does it better by Carly Simon is my favorite. It's a pretty big spoiler. Bond theme. Uh, it is a pretty big spoiler, and I'm going to announce it right here. Nobody does it better. It's just like, it's so good. You think that the title of the movie won't be snuck in there, but the way it's done so, like, classily with, uh, you know, like, heaven above me, the spy who loved me is keeping all my secrets safe tonight. And it's just like this brilliant mishmash of lyrics that I absolutely adore. The score is fucking ridiculous uh combining disco with (laughs) with the with the traditional james bond score because usually it's like big brassy orchestra and all that stuff with with james bond but with like this you're adding like disco elements and you're like what the hell am i watching um one of my favorite james bond lines is in this where he says like seven what are you doing just keeping the british end up sir i i i i I love that shit the whole stuff in the navy base at the end um the the big old submarine base i think is a great one of the great climax of it my favorite henchman is in this movie (laughs) with jaws (laughs) played by richard keel the late great richard keel um and i think he's just I think Jaws is absolutely fantastic. He's he doesn't say anything, but he's just like this big old brute force. Uh, what else? What else is there to say? It, it's just like this one big gargantuan film. It looks gorgeous. There are a couple of shots where I want that mounted on my wall. Um, it I, I this is honestly it is for me top ten, top five material of bond for me um i'm really interested to seeing what you don't like about it um ready to break some hearts Um, okay as as is as is the usually uh uh natural Mm -hmm. when it comes to one mr peter martinez so whereas uh alexis soto (laughs) our very own alexis mm -hmm. soto on the red spot entertainment network let's just call him the death of hope (laughs) Speaking of, I can't wait to talk Clone Wars with him. We're gonna have a very special review, just me and him. He doesn't. Oh, he doesn't. God. He doesn't know it yet, but we will. <laughs> and what's so great is that he doesn't listen to the show. I know so he, he won't know because I'm gonna spring it on him. Um. <laughs> oh my God! Tell me when you do record. Oh, I it's gonna to... be beautiful. Okay, better yet. Mm-hmm. Better yet, when you're about to do it, text me or call me or like message me on Messenger. Mm-hmm. Tell me when, <laughs> and I want to join. And I want to join. I'm not going to be on the call on the podcast or record with you. I just want to see the reaction. It's going to be gorgeous. <laughs> Afterwards, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull one of those Thanos at the end of Infinity War, where I just sit down. And smile 
on a on a thankful universe. Look at the work I've done. Oh, it's gonna be beautiful. Are you inevitable? (laughs) It is inevitable. I am inevitable. You hear that, Alexis J Soto? Um, (laughs) can't wait. Okay. Uh, my first note was uh triple X fucking Vin Diesel. Um, I can't remember why I wrote this. Cause, cause um, oh, wasn't the spy named triple XXX? the triple X? Yeah, yeah. They go by letters instead of dub uh, numbers. Mm-hmm. And I just in the the Russian uh, government spies. Yeah. Uh, the, the next part is, why is the soundtrack 70s porn music? Right? Marvin <laughs> Hamlish. Like, okay, he composed everything that was around my favorite Bond theme, but I can't wrap my brain around, like, him, like, making, like, this ultimate ballad, but making the most disco soundtrack-sounding thing that James Bond has done to date I have no idea what he was like thinking with like putting disco with the James Bond sound. It's just fucking ridiculous. I love it and I hate it at the same time. If you if you catch my drift, mm-hmm. it's just like this bizarre thing. It's very weird. Like a bonk, 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 and it's just like, what are you doing? Chasing trends. What is- yeah, chasing trends, and the trend right there was seventies porn. <laughs> um, oh, little bit of a Bond trivia. Um, before the book was, before any of the James Bond books were released, uh, Ian Fleming would release a chapter of the books into Playboy magazine. Of fucking fucking course. course. Of course. Of course. It makes perfect <laughs> sense. Um, um, okay. What else do you got? <laughs> I wrote, they really threw a guy off a mountain. Um, there, I, There's that chase scene off the mountain. And when, like, you're watching it, it's like, oh, fuck. They really got him out. The guy like a stunt guy and threw his ass off a mountain. That's uh <laughs> that's interesting. Uh, Ooh, one of my favorite shots in a James Bond movie is in this. Uh when you think that James Bond is done for and all that stuff after, you know, after sledding off a mountain, you think that, you know, just at the right minute he pulls his parachute and it's a Union Jack. Yeah. And I was like, and I'm like, that is, that, it's so fucking British. Unapologetically Kingsman British. Kingsman did it better. With the American flag. That's heavily debatable. I'll, I'll fucking debate oh. it. I'll debate it right here, bitch. Oh. So you're the master, no, I'm, I'm I... <laughs> the master debater? Um, yes, I am. The master debater. <laughs> Uh, um, so fucking childish. I think okay, Kingsman would not exist if it weren't for the James Bond franchise. Yeah, 
The James Bond franchise is the ugly cocoon through which the beautiful butterfly of the Kingsman franchise blossomed out of. <laughs> to quote our quote-unquote lovely president, wrong. Oh, okay. Oh, fuck. I just realized. When is the Kingsman coming out? Ooh, that's a good question. I forgot about that movie. I like I oh, completely God. forgot. Oh fuck. Oh, now I'm depressed again. I think it was pushed to November. Everything was pushed to November. November, yeah. Like literally everything. And it's like I I mean, here's the uh, I don't want to dive into like the whole corona shit, but like ev- like even the place we live, like everywhere has they're trying to make plans to start opening up. And literally nothing has changed. It's only gotten worse and worse and worse. It really does feel like people are just like, okay, I'm tired of being in the house, so let's open everything up. And it's like, uh, but it's literally the worst it's ever been. Nothing has changed. Why are we opening up? It's only going to get worse if we keep opening up. I don't know. So who fucking knows? I don't I don't even know if we're going to be able to watch movies by November. I really don't. Yeah, especially because we're, like, pushing, like, what, 10,000 cases a week, 20,000, something like that. Remember that little incident a while back on um, the 11th of September? Yes, I remember that incident. (laughs) Remember where 3,000 people died and it, like, changed everything? It sent sent shockwaves throughout the country and it, like, scarred us for generations right three three thousand people are dying a day due to this and everyone's just like eh, life moves on like is it, okay you know is, is it like the cynical desensitized nature of post 11th of september no <laughs> um, no thing or is it just like the economy is a is a is a strong pill to swallow. There's a lot. I think there's so many things that go into it, but I don't. I don't think it's us being desensitized. I think well, for some people, but I think it's a lot about. Um, 9-11 was a message that they could people could sell. This isn't something that they can sell. In fact. It puts them out of business. Um, yeah. Because <laughs> the same people that, you know, correctly called that a tragedy and, you know, made such a big deal, which it is, it was a big deal. You should have made a big deal about that day, are now saying, making the argument like, well, you know, everyone dies. So if the fact that almost 80,000 people have died since this started a couple, few months ago. Like, well, you know, tomato, tomato, whatever. And it's like, oh my God. I don't know. It's, I just think it's, everyone is just not taking this seriously enough. <laughs> no, it's, it, it's weird. Like it, to me, I don't think it's gonna, I think, and I was talking to Alexis about this. It's gonna get worse before it gets any better. But it just feels like every time it's like, it's probably not going to get worse. Like, oh, no, it's going to get much worse. And then it's just that cycle. <laughs> that cycle has just been on repeat since the beginning of this fucking year. Um, and let's get back to Bond. 
Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> a lot of cartwheels in this opening. I don't know what was happening. Um, these films love shark attacks. Which, kudos. I don't remember what this was. Oh, yeah, because the villain, he has like a button. If this is the right film I'm thinking about, he has the button and it like drops them into fucking sharks or something like that. Yeah. He has the shark tank surrounding him. It's this one, right? I think so. Yeah. And he has a big old freaking aquarium. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that. yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, Egypt. I like Egypt. So when they came out in Egypt, I was like, cool. Ooh, Egypt. Those- there there's one shot where it's uh where it's men on camels and like just the way that because the thing is is that it was in the previous two films were in full screen and this is like the first proper widescreen roger moore film and i feel like you automatically feel like that cinematic quality Mm -hmm. with this movie um there's one shot that they couldn't get roger moore in for the day and he had to like there there was supposed to be a shot where he's looking out in uh in egypt to prove that james bond is in fact in england in uh, egypt so what they did was that they could got a cardboard cutout of roger moore stuck it (laughs) Stuck it on a on the on the on a dune or something like that to have him look out. Push the camera far far back so you could kind of tell that's Roger Moore, but not really. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what they used. <laughs> I mean, I so didn't one sh- I didn't notice it, so it fucking worked. So one shot of uh, Roger Moore is not really Roger Moore. It's just it's just a cardboard cutout. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Egypt is a really interesting location. I like Egypt for yeah. Bond. We never really got any desert Bond locations no, not up really. until this point. Yeah, that, I think that's why I re- I pointed it out because it was like a big difference. Like you see a lot of Europe, yeah. uh, the tropical, tropical but this was the first time. It's like, oh fuck, Egypt. Okay. Yeah, I don't think we get into a desert until Quantum mm-hmm. of Solace. After this, but yeah, we don't go into a desert until a quantum. Just really weird, you would think. Um, but yeah, any what's your next note? I wrote, um, and this is a big one. I was like, they mentioned his dead wife. Yes, there's a little bit of continuity in mm-hmm. this movie that I really like. Uh, Married once too, and then Bond is no. like, "Okay, you made your point. Like, don't fucking go there." Um, which I was like, "Wow, okay." Um, they do that a couple of times, sprinkled throughout the whole entire mm-hmm. series, where it's mentioned that he's married once. It is. It it is just really interesting that 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 was a relationship that stuck with him. You know what I mean? Yeah, Tracy. Uh huh. Um, that he did finally get married. And then again, that fucking ending. <laughs> um, Where he goes like, we're got all the time. <laughs> Come back <laughs> next time. Um, yeah. But no, I thought that was cool. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. What do you think of Barbara Brock? Um, As an Agent Triple X. Oh, 
this is actually my next note. Um, this actress sucks. She fucking sucks. I'm sorry. Like, she sucks so bad that I went out of my way to make a note about it. And I have not written that for by any of the Bond girls up until this point. There is zero chemistry between her and Bond. And then just on her own, she cannot act. Um, I, I feel the complete, complete opposite. <laughs> okay. I mean, most people uh, do because this is a beloved Bond film, but yeah. This piece of film was, in fact, a duplicate. Something to whet our appetites. I guarantee you it is quite genuine. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I like their dynamic. I, I, I guess you don't. No, not at all. <laughs> Very wooden. I don't... Uh, no. No, 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 no. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's honest to God. That's how I feel. Um, I wrote Jaws is fun because I do like Jaws. The freaking giant ass metal teeth. I love yeah. it. It's it's absolutely. But just him as like an actor, he kind of has a personality to him. Um, yeah. So Jaws is fun. But I also think Jaws is used just as well, if not better, in a in another film coming up. <laughs> Gee, I wonder which one. Yeah. Um. Um, my next note was Money Penny because she showed up, <laughs> and then I wrote, "So they move the office every week or what?" Like, it's really a, f- a running gag at this point of where the offices are going to be put in, and it's like, well, I guess they move their office to accommodate him, but they still act as if it's just like a regular nine to five job, like office just it's so funny it's so weird like we're in a pyramid or like ancient ruins and but we're like putting in the office packing away and then filing up the papers and it's like why are you here why are you here (laughs) it's kind of funny also like q's lab constantly shifts around and moves around with everybody to me that makes sense right like because you would want a gadget station in like every country to like if your agents you know should they need it right but to Mm -hmm. have your home base just be like move just because in a submarine in one episode in one movie uh you have uh it in ancient ruins in this one uh it's it's kind of cool, though. I think. I think it's a it's a funny running gag. <laughs> right, right. Or like, okay, because I, I um, you got to live in the living daylights, right? Mm-hmm. The beginning of the movie, M's desk and everything like that. M's office is on a plane. They jump the uh, shark with laser beams, so to speak, you know, several times yeah. within this franchise. That's definitely one of them. With the offices? The offices. But again, I view it as like a running gag. 
so it's like it's funny to me like it's also like he doesn't have any paperweight when like the when the plane opens <laughs> to let out the agents for their training exercise i mean it's just completely ridiculous um yeah i i like it i like the whole um uh, thing what's the okay i what's the name of the of the of the guy which guy General Hux. General Gogo. General Go. Gen- General Hux. Ah, Hux. Um, General Gogo. I like him. I like him as a as a as like the Russian M, so to speak. Oh, okay. You see him a- yeah, yeah, yeah. You see him scattered a- uh, across a couple of films after this. Oh. If you remember, because um, you're in right now, you're in the Brosnan era, mm-hmm. and you're watch rewatching things. He's he's become more well averse, everyone to the Bond, the Bond Unfortunately, world. Unfortunately, yes, a little bit. I don't think he's gone to die another day yet, but uh, oh boy, that's gonna be an episode. <laughs> uh, it is. It's an I love I love this movie. <laughs> well, I don't. So let me continue. Um, I did say Q has a shit ton of gadgets and cool car gadgets. Um, mm-hmm. but for ooh mm-hmm. the car, the car is one of the most iconic cars in the in the Bond pantheon. It is the Lotus Esprit. Um, most notably because because it turns into a submarine. Yeah, that's why I say cool car. Oh, and then I wrote they're gonna need a bigger boat. I don't remember what I <laughs> I said that for. Maybe that's when it turned into a boat. Mm. Um, but I did put the villain is the most boring ever because the villain is the most boring ever. I, I, Carl Stromberg. You know I don't know. Berg. I don't know. Carl Stromberg. Yeah. His plot, like the villain plot, is probably the least impressionistic out of the out of the whole movie because he wants to his whole evil plan is pretty much to pretty much flood the earth kill everybody in there and make a new race of humans to live in this underworld or world i didn't even get that from the movie yeah and like it had something to do with like like he has like webbed hands that it like does like a a a close-up on at one point and it's just that's his whole gimmick is that you know because i'm different you know i'll make everybody different with me kind of thing and make like this grand superior race so everybody is like me again i think another film did the superior race thing better because this i don't even know what the fuck he wanted he was just really boring he had a big aquarium which i guess was cool but i wasn't into it his domed base was pretty cool i think I it. did put the magnet kill was cool. 
mm-hmm. big old magnet. Magnet. Um, and my last note for this film was, holy fuck, he bit the shark. Because <laughs> Jaws bit the shark. That was funny. Yeah. Jaws. It's kind of funny, like, Jaws and versus the shark. Are, like, Jaws versus, yeah. I get, I get the, the hidden humor. Well, not even hidden, but the humor in it. It's, um, it's very on the nose mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And it's also kind of funny knowing Spielberg's history with Bond because since he began, like one of the biggest things and the biggest things he wanted to get was to land director position of a James Bond film. Um, He just never got that. Uh, And he became close to getting a position but George Lucas was like, "Hey, let me let me show you about this one it's guy." It's better with the, than Bond. <laughs> it's better than Bond with the guy with the with that hat and a whip. And he was like, "Yeah, I'll make a, I'll, I'll you know, I got something bigger and better, you know." And he, Spielberg was like, "Fine, fine, I'll do this this project with you." Um, I have a question for you. Do you think Spielberg, you know, would do a James Bond film now? Like where he is in his career, or do you think he's just over it? I think he would. I think he's going back and doing shit he always wanted to do. Like uh-huh. currently, like West he's Side doing Story. West Side Story, which is something he always wanted to do. Um, uh-huh. I don't think. Well, I mean, we'll see. But I think if they offered him a bond, I think he would. He would probably take it. It'll be the only uh, only Bond film uh, Alexis Soto would care about. This is the first time watch. he would give a shit about Bond. He's like, well, he'll be like, well, actually, I find Bond really fascinating. <laughs> You'd be amazed at how much he'd start giving a shit about Bond as Steve's movie director. <laughs> oh, God. Um, but yeah. This, uh, uh, I like to insert a little bit of like quips about like the differences between the books and uh, and the movie. Uh, this movie, there is no comparison with the book mm-hmm. because the the book was really weird because it was three different stories being told. What? Yeah, it's three different stories being told to James Bond. Like it, it's pretty much James Bond is recounting three different stories at a party. Okay, and they're like three different missions. Three different missions that intermingle with one another. Okay. Okay. I mean that would be a cool format. They should have gone for it. It would have been different for uh, a James Bond movie. Yeah, three different missions that intermingle with one another. Um, I don't think you ever got that. Uh, Quantum of Solace is uh, is kind of in the same vein because that was a short story and the octopusy segment. <laughs> Again, these names, right? Oh is, my it's just... God. <laughs> <laughs> they roll off the tongue, for sure. Uh yeah, I really like this movie. There's a lot of things that it has to offer. I really like the the action set pieces that they have, especially with uh, Naomi. I think that's the name of the henchwoman that they have in there uh, with the helicopter and the and the Lotus Esprit. 
uh, being chased. I like the whole Lotus Esprit turning into a submarine. I like the Union Jack thing situation. Uh, I like the opening, opening uh, uh, the cold open. I think that it's a really cool cold open. Um, no pun intended because it's skis. <laughs> uh, I, I really like the dynamic between Barbara Brock and uh, Roger Moore in this film. Uh, it, it introduced my favorite henchman in the James Bond pantheon, which is Jaws. I think Jaws is really cool. Uh, I the the villain is on the weaker side, that's so that's why it's probably top ten instead. Um, but I love the I love the theme. I like everything about that. I love the final line. <laughs> Uh, and also I like the action set piece, uh, at the end in the, um, in the submarine base. I think that was really cool. There, the, um, the, one of the set designers and the lighting technician for that was, uh, Stanley Kubrick. Really? Really? So he, like, so Stanley Kubrick has a little bit of Bond history, um, with him so the lighting technician you lighting technician and part of the set design of that big old base was Stanley Kubrick and I I think that's a really cool thing um it was I, this is like one of the first if not the first to utilize the giant 007 stage in Pinewood so I think that that it, it's just like one of those things and since then so many different films have been made in there uh what else is it, I I just really like this movie. I, I I really like the set pieces. I really like the the action. I mean, that's what you could. If those are the biggest things and the biggest takeaways from a James Bond film, in which like that is kind of tailored made for, I think you can't go wrong with that. So it was kind of boring. Um, I de- the chemistry between him and the James Bond girl just was non-existent. I don't think she was a good actress. The villain was boring. There are parts of it that are good. Jaws is cool. Um, I guess the theme 70s porn music is fun. Um, but it was neither wacky enough to be fun in that way. Nor did the regular elements of a James Bond film work enough for me to care about it in that way either. Um, so yeah, it's it's oh, in but the my next lower tier. one. The next one for sure does it for you, right? I guess we'll find out. Oh my god! Okay. <laughs> wow. Um. So that was the spy led me and man with the golden gun. Did you like what you heard here? And it, oh, final thoughts before we close off on anything Bond related or um, stay safe. <laughs> yeah. Stay safe. Yeah. Yeah. Ditto. So did you like what you heard here? And if you did, you can check us out everywhere you listen to podcasts. Uh, check what's going on on the everything else on the Red Spotlight Entertainment Network. Uh, to the Table is going to be coming back really soon uh, with My Life as a Zucchini. It originally, the schedule was is that February was supposed to be feel-good February. It did not turn out that way in any sense of the word. Nope. It last Jedi'd us, and it didn't go the way we thought. It did think. not go the way we thought, yes. 
Yeah. The um. So we we have that. So instead, it's going to be either joyful January, July, or joyful June. And then we'll carry it on from probably there. Probably July. <laughs> or wait, May? Ju- no, June. Probably June. Because we're in yeah, May. Yeah, joyful right June. Uh, and then July. I don't know. <laughs> well, for- well, was, wasn't it melancholy March? Yeah. I, I don't I don't know. I, I'm going to have to reassess as far as July goes. But I think... Uh, I, I th- yeah, I think we'll just keep the same order of films. What uh, was supposed to come out in February will come out in June. What was supposed to come out in March will come out in July. And it should continue on from there. Okay. Yeah. Unless you want to do a patriotic theme <laughs> of films. Unfortunately, I don't feel that Unless, patriotic. Although, I mean, actually, you know what? That's not a bad idea. The, there are quite a few films I feel relegating to patriotism uh-huh. or the questioning of said uh, patriotism. patriotism that I feel you guys have or have not seen um i'll think about that one yeah i I guess i'm just focused on getting june done first yeah yeah so we'll we'll go in my life as a zucchini as a zucchini is a zucchini as a zucchini yeah do you do you need to rewatch uh, it you forgot the film already i need it i need to rewatch it yeah so i could have like better things to say <laughs> um take notes that's what i do for bond <laughs> it helps definitely uh, yeah so we, we're doing that uh bond and beyond has returned baby we're gonna we're gonna get into this whole thing leading up to the eventual release hopefully fingers crossed for no time to die whenever that comes out when will it come out i have no idea uh, but it's it's just one of those things. I I'm not holding my breath for this release. I just want to talk about Bond because I like talking about it. Um, and hopefully you do too, Peter. Um, hopefully I'm not just. I'm hopefully this is not just the ball and chain for you. Uh, and I hope you do broaden everything with James Bond. So <laughs> yeah. I'm Kyle Lira. With me is Peter Martinez. Stay shaken, not stirred. Bye. Mm-hmm.